3: the Indiana Pacers.
0: Catches, shoots for three, to win it! He hits it! Danny Granger at the buzzer! Hits a three-point shot, and the Indiana Pacers have won the game.
1: What is going on, everybody? Episode numero doce. All right, got to ask you, Fachi, who is your favorite number 12 in Pacers
2: history? Oof. that That's thats a tough one. Uh, I don't know. For some reason, Travis Diener is the first one who came to mind. I really don't know why. <laughs> Travis Deaner, why? I have no idea. It was a dark time for the Pacers when he was logging some solid minutes for us, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, for some reason his face just showed up right away. What, what, what about you, Alex? Who's uh, number twelve in your mind for us?
1: Well, well, our current number twelve is Tyreek Evans, and I would be—I uh, think I would be killed by most Pacer fans if I said that was my favorite number twelve. But um, off the top of my head, I think I gotta go with the former backup point guard as well, AJ Price.
2: Okay, all right. I I did like uh, some AJ Price. If you didn't. Uh blow out that knee maybe maybe it really could have been something for us but uh interesting uh choices by the both of us
1: yeah for sure um i gotta be honest with you though man i I was looking at our our numbers and we get a lot of downloads and a lot of listens uh throughout the week but one thing we are not getting on itunes is rating and reviews. so if you guys are a fan of this show or you guys are not a fan of the show let us know uh give us a rating and review. I mean, I'd rather have bad reviews so we can figure out what you guys want to hear from us so we can get better. Uh, I think criticism is a good thing, especially if it's constructive. I mean, you're going to have the people that are just haters because that's what they like to do, uh trolling at its finest, but I mean, fachi, we got to get people getting
2: us some rating and reviews. I know that's a lot to ask, but I'm just saying we got to get that up. I couldn't agree more, and guys, come on, we want to hear from you cuz If you're going to spend the time to listen, why not make the show better and uh, kind of get what you want out of the show? We're always open to taking questions, and we're definitely open to taking pointers. So feel free to write a review, and uh, we'll make the improvements.
1: Yes, we will. Yes, we will. So I'm actually going to go – did you know we had, uh, I think it's 16 players that were the number 12 throughout Pacers history?
2: Interesting. I do now.
1: So, uh, yeah, some interesting ones that we didn't mention – that I think people on this podcast might be familiar with, uh, Kevin Ollie, back in the day, Mm -hmm. 2002, uh, Michael Curry in 2005, I think he was part of that, uh, (laughs) that Pistons brawl team, uh, Evan Turner, let's not talk about that,
2: Uh, let's forget about that,
1: and then most recently last year, Damian Wilkins,
2: yeah, yeah, the, the, the trusty vet, great locker room guy, and, uh. I thought it was a class act to kind of bring him back, let him play one more game, or we let him play uh, his last game as the Pacers getting extended minutes. That was a nice touch by us.
1: Yeah, no, know. Damian Wilkins is an awesome guy. So we've done enough preliminary stuff for this episode. Let's jump into this Pacers winning streak. Seven games in a row, going for game number eight tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's around 620 right now, and we're recording this on Tuesday night. So they got the Cavaliers here in about 45 minutes. Man, eight games in a row. What did we say last week? Why not go for eight, right?
2: Exactly. I mean, when I'm thinking of this streak, uh, it kind of makes me want to dance a little bit. And the only song I can think of is hot, 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 dun, dun, because we're going streaking right now. Seven straight for the boys. Okay, let's just act like that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs>
1: thank God you guys didn't get to see that on video. Uh, <laughs> but I think tonight, you know, Cavaliers are in town. They're not a great team. They're 7-23. and Half their roster's injured. That's actually, you know, talent. That their talented players are injured outside of Colin Sexton. Um, but tomorrow night is the biggest test. The Toronto Raptors in Toronto, the number one team in the Eastern Conference, but those Pacers, man, second place right now, second place in the Eastern Conference. Where is Where's Where's everybody talking about us at?
2: I don't see anybody talking about us. I still see Boston above us in the power rankings that, that ESPN's putting out, and it, and it rubs me wrong every single time because it, we got a better record than them. We're playing better defense than them. We're, we're even hotter than them right now. It, it's seven straight before they were talking about, well, Boston's on a run right now. We've won eight of ten. I mean, yeah. come on i i want a little bit more praise for this pacers team and i i guess we're gonna have to go out and earn it and while i don't want to overlook the Cavs, but i feel very confident i think we're gonna get that respect by beating toronto the number the team with the best record in the nba who were just two games behind so it's it's not far-fetched by any means
1: yeah now let me ask you this Fachi. how many games have the pacers lost in december
2: Uh, I believe, did they lose December 1st? I think it was. I want to say that Kings game might have unfortunately been December 1st, but if, if not, we're hot right now.
1: Yeah, that was the only game, December 1st, Sacramento Kings. Looking at the rest of the schedule, we got at the Raptors tomorrow night. I think that's the biggest test. Then we go to Brooklyn, who's been playing pretty well right now, on the road Friday night. Then you come home, play the Wizards. You're at the Hawks the day after Christmas. Uh, December 28th, you're home versus the Pistons, and then to end the new year, you're with the Hawks at home again. Uh, call me crazy, but we might end up with only two losses in December.
2: I, I completely agree, and having gotten one of those out of the way and that unfortunate one-point loss to the Kings, I mean, if we can if we can take down Toronto, we can go on a serious streak right now. This is the longest winning streak the Pacers have had since they started 9-0 in the strike-shortened season a few years ago, I believe it was 2011, 2012, uh, or 2012, 2013. But either way, it, it's been about five years, and it's just a total team effort. I well, mean, every.
1: Go ahead, go ahead.
2: I was just going to say it's it's we're playing team basketball right now. That the ball movement has been great. It just seems that the, we've talked about it time after time how rough it was when Oladipo was out. But I mean, now that he's back, we're we're clicking on all cylinders
1: oh for sure and I mean we were playing well without him that's the beautiful thing about this team Uh, something we couldn't say last year and I'm sure if you've listened to any Pacers podcast everybody's talking about that and rightfully so I mean this team was atrocious last year without Victor Oladipo so now that they got him back in the lineup their team's only going to get better um now let me ask you this: Outside of that Raptors game, I'm pretty sure we're both kind of fifty fifty on if we're going to win that one or not. Uh, we're playing at a high volume right now, and a, and a great we're playing great basketball. But outside of the Raptors, do you think we get another loss? Any other teams make you nervous?
2: You know, they they really don't. Obviously, Detroit is they're not as much of a cake team as say Chicago or Atlanta. But I mean, Washington still doesn't have their stuff together. Uh, Cleveland, I mean. Come on, um you know the, the Hawks. We we know what's going on there. It's a complete rebuild. And Chicago, I mean, they're they're coming apart at the seams. Left, they don't even want to practice anymore. So no, I, I'm not. I'm not worried about them. And uh, you know even that that takes us that game's January fourth. So why not go on a massive run and really catch the attention of everybody in the NBA? Because you know I, I'd be lying if I'm saying when I'm at. When I'm at the table at lunch, at work, and I'm I'm talking up the Pacers, everybody keeps saying, oh, yeah, yeah, Golden State's just sleeping. Hey, right now we have a better record than Golden State, and no one even knows it other than Pacer fans, and it it does rub me wrong.
1: (laughs) Well, if we do run the table this rest of the month, that'll put us, I think if you go into that first game in January against the Bulls, I think that's like a 15- or 16-game winning streak that that would be unreal and if the Pacers want to get some recognition um that definitely would be the start of it and right now I know this was not on our agenda but I think we need to really start considering Nate McMillan for coach of the year
2: I think he's done an amazing job I, I mean the the extension before is well deserved uh really has this team it's just that team that they'll show stats that all the teams and their records and being above the salary cap, we still have money to spend. And next year, oh, my God, there's a ton of money to spend. It, he's done a great job working with what he's had. And when you think of how many players we've replaced over the last few years, it's even more impressive. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's almost a completely new team from the Paul George era, which was just two years ago.
1: No, you're exactly right. And this team, man, I mean, you add in a guy like Tyree Kevins, you bring in a guy like Doug McDermott in, and then Kyle Quinn. I cannot express to you how pivotal Kyle O'Quinn is going to be come playoff time because we saw Friday night, Joel Embiid is a monster. And no offense to Miles Turner, he's been playing great, but he is not big enough to defend Joel Embiid in the post. Um, That's nothing against him. I think that we should see Turner try to take advantage of Embiid's Sloppy uh, on ball defense. I think Embiid's a great rim protector, similar to how I feel about Miles Turner. But when it comes to moving his feet and attacking him in the pick and roll, I Thaddeus showing you saw it in that game, just completely over and over and over again, was just too quick for Embiid to get to. So I think that's one thing that the Pacers and Miles Turner have to work on against Embiid. But I mean, thank God we have Kylo Quinn and Domas Sabonis off the bench to back up Miles Turner because if you if you even looked at Embiid wrong in the post. Oh, they're blowing a whistle that first half. It was unbelievable. Seven fouls on our centers in the first half, and what did he end up having in that first half? Like thirty points and fifteen rebounds. That
2: ridiculous. Really yeah. it, it was it was insane. It, it really hurt to watch because he was getting everything he wanted. Uh, I mean, ended up ended the game with uh, forty and twenty. I mean, he was just feasting on miles and and Miles Turner. You know, he's he's been so great. He was just overmatched by Embiid. I think he, the frustration was a bit evident when he flipped off the crowd, um, and you know, and <laughs> Just, it wasn't looking miles. good at times. <laughs> yeah, wearing the exactly. Cowboys
1: jersey wasn't a good wasn't a good little stretch there for Turner.
2: He did catch some heat for that. Um, Who but, cares? You know, that's that's exactly. his team. I don't care. I mean,
1: you like the Broncos. How are they doing?
2: <laughs> I, it, oh, not not good. Let's just say I'm not wearing the jersey around town, okay? Jeez. <laughs> uh, but I do – one thing I've always respected, it's loyalty. And, yeah. and that's where Miles Turner is from. So I, I appreciate him showing loyalty in the Cowboys, showing loyalty in the Pacers signing the extension. So, hey, we, we can't knock the guy too much, especially when he's performing.
1: Yes, sir, and like we can we, we give Miles a hard time for that game against 76ers, but comes back against the Knicks, has a pretty solid game. And, you know, here's here's my only concern that I'm going to say to you, Fauci. Mm-hmm. I want to see Miles Turner have the game he had against the Knicks, the game he had the other night, um, I believe it was against, was it Washington? Yeah, the Washington game where he really played well. I want to see him have those games against playoff caliber teams. Um, You're talking about Philadelphia. You're talking about Toronto Wednesday. Uh, Boston coming up here in January. You know, these teams that are the upper echelon teams of the Eastern Conference. Now, I know we had a good game against the the Milwaukee Bucks at home, but I just think that's because Thad Young shut down Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, But my my biggest thing is, no, I'm not picking on Miles, but I want to see him, you know, translate those big games against the lesser teams of the East and the West into – you know, playoff caliber teams to show that he really belongs because I think that that's going to get something that's going to be brought up more and more if he struggles against those upper echelon teams.
2: You're completely right. I, I mean, the foul trouble likely dictated part of the game against the 76ers. He only ended up with 8-5, and five, a far cry from what he's been doing lately because ever since he's become Ponytail Miles is what they're calling him, he has been bowling out. Scored at least 23 points in three of the last four games, the Sixers game being the exception. And in the month of December, I mean, he's upped his numbers, 16.5 points, nine rebounds, three blocks a game. But what I'm what I'm loving seeing is the 50% shooting from the field, over 52% from three. This is the guy that I remember hitting the three-pointers. It, the, November was such a strange month, he just wasn't even shooting them. Yeah. But you're, you're completely right. Uh, and Toronto's got no Valanciunas. He's going to be out uh, for a few more weeks. I think it's a good opportunity for him, and I want to see that game against the top, the top of the East, the top of the league, the Toronto Raptors. That's when we're really going to know that. Hey, this is a team that if we're going to get out of the first round, we're going to be. They're going to be awaiting us. Yeah, uh, and it's it's a true test. We've passed other tests lately in the Bucks game and the Sixers, two teams that we may easily see in potentially the first round. It could be a four-versus-five matchup. You imagine Boston's going to get it going. So it, it was great to finally fire back and get those teams. We talked about it before, how there really, unfortunately, wasn't any true quality wins up until basically last week. Yeah,
1: and, and that was what we wanted to see. In that eight-game winning streak, you know, we were a little bit nervous about predicting the Pacers winning streak would continue with Giannis and the Hot Bucks coming into Bankers Live, then going to Philadelphia. I'll just say this right now, for all these listeners, I'm sure a lot of them are Colts fans. I would say the Indiana Pacers are to the Philadelphia 76ers what T.Y. Hilton is to the Houston Texans. We have completely dominated in Wells Fargo Arena, in Philadelphia, and, you know, it's kind of funny because I know we don't get a lot of credit uh, national media-wise, but I did catch it on the end of the... uh, Hoop Collective podcast with Brian Windhorst today. They did bring up the Indiana Pacers at the end of their show. They were talking about the Bucks and the 76ers. And what they basically said was, you know, we're not really talking about the Pacers right now, but they're, you know, they're better than both those teams record wise. And they just beat them both. And quite frankly, Philadelphia doesn't have enough depth uh, to really be considered a, a serious championship contender. And they said that they might not even have enough talent. To get past the Pacers in the first round, if that was a four-five matchup. So, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Uh, I love I love hearing that. I, I pretty much whenever I hear the Pacers brought up, it is kind of in that kind of uh, sequence where they squeeze them in, saying, "Oh, and, and don't forget about the Indiana Pacers." Like it's almost <laughs> like they're running out of time, and they just want to bring us up. But but it's true. Uh, Philly, I think they're going to try and move Fultz as kind of a panic move to say, "Look, we're going all in, and we're going to need depth." they definitely yeah. lost some depth when they traded Sarich and, the, and Covington and it is showing especially with Jimmy Butler missing time but it, it was a great quality win on their home floor they had been the top they had the top home record coming into that game i believe they were 14-2 so it, it was awesome to see us get a, a great win on the road and we've actually been one of the more uh, battle tested teams on the road which has been pretty awesome to see i, I believe it's uh we're 9-6 and six on the road, which is second best in the league behind just the Raptors. And they've actually played, uh, I believe it's two more road games than us. So it, it's awesome to see it. You know, we'd always typically been a team great at home, a little about 500 or less on the road. And I think all of this is changing to be just a well-rounded team. And yeah. obviously, it, it, I can't say it enough, the defense has been unbelievable. I mean, it's becoming a challenge to even crack 100 against us. And if you're cracking 100, you're only getting 101. Yeah. it's I love it. Yeah, no, the, the defense, I mean, the Pacers are a little bit old school.
1: And they're they're hanging their hat on their defense. And that is exactly what is going to get this team to a top three seed in the Eastern Conference. They can't try to pretend that they're somebody they're not. No, they don't have a lot of high-volume shooters. Yes, they went out and got a Doug McDermott. But he's not putting up enough three-point attempts to be a high-volume shooter. Bojan Bogdanovic leads the NBA in three-point field goal percentage. You know why? Because he doesn't just jack up shots and he takes high-percentage shots. And, you know, if Bojan keeps playing the way Bojan's playing, I mean, it's going to be hard to turn the other cheek and not re-sign him next year. I mean, he has been absolutely fantastic for this team.
2: He really has. Um, I mean, he's just so consistent. I mean, right now he's scored in double figures 21 straight games. In, in that over that stretch of 21 games, he's averaging over 18 points per game, shooting over 52% from the field. He's been everything. You, he's been way more than we could have asked for.
3: Yeah. When
2: we signed Bogdanovich, there is no way that I thought that he would be this good for this team. It's It's been amazing. And it just, while I, I mentioned before that we're going to have a lot of cap room this offseason, we have to start to strongly consider if, you know, chances are we're not going to be able to land an A-list star, Bogdanovich is someone that we're going to have to consider bringing back, and yeah. hopefully hopefully we get a discount at it.
1: Yeah, you got to wonder if J.J. Reddick's uh, wishing that he would assign with the Pacers instead of the Sixers now, huh? I think so. I just, think so. Just imagine this for next year. The Pacers have all that cap space. They go out and get J.J. Reddick off the bench. They bring Bojan back, and they have Doug McDermott. Imagine a lineup out there at some point with Doug, J.J., and Bojan Spreading the floor with Sabonis and either Oladipo, Corey Joseph, one of those guys, that would be a fun lineup. I mean, we would have so much space on the floor to move. Uh, I know that, and JJ Redick even said he'd come off the bench, which is a beautiful thing. Uh, he that was his that was going to be his role on the Pacers, was coming off the bench, and they already had you know agreed to McDermott too. So they're not afraid to go out and get you know two shooters. And I know they're a little bit criticized for their defense, but I think Bojan's been a, a, a solid defender since he came here. I mean, even McDermott's playing pretty solid defense. I think that that is a little bit overrated. And with the Pacers' system, their scheme, and Dan Burke running things, I think we can make below-average defenders, uh, you know, uh, respectable.
2: There's something in the water out in India right now, where it's it's contagious. Everyone's playing defense. Uh, aside from leading the league in points per game, opposing points per game, I noticed the Pacers are second in the league in fewest fouls per game. Wow. Also top five in steals per game. So we're, we're getting the steals without getting the fouls, and it, it's been, it's just so underrated. I mean, it's something that you're, you're never really going to notice. It's not going to pop off, pop off the, the box score, but it's really important, and we're doing all the little things to get it done.
1: Well, it's a good thing we don't play James Harden and Chris Paul four times a year because I think our
2: foul numbers would be way up. <laughs> I completely agree, especially when Harden's taken anywhere from – three to six steps behind the three-point <laughs> line in, in one motion. It, it's yeah, crazy.
1: Yeah, the NBA officials did come out and say they they missed that one. Uh, shocker, <laughs> right? First yeah. time they'll admit that one. But all right, well, it's, we're about 20 minutes in, and I hate to say it, but we have not given praise yet to Thaddeus Young for winning Eastern Conference Player of the Week. What a What a complete, like, what an awesome honor for a guy that doesn't get enough credit. I mean, that guy has been named Eastern Conference Player of the Week twice in his career and I guarantee you he's been deserving of that way more than twice.
0: A
2: hundred percent. It's amazing to see the recognition from the NBA because if, if you had been able to watch the Bucks game, for those who haven't watched, what he did to Giannis was unbelievable. I mean, he held a guy who was averaging about 26 points per game to 12. I think he had maybe one shot at halftime. I mean, he was playing smothering defense that – Greek Freak wasn't even able to get off shots, and right. just in the month of December, he's really stepped up his numbers, averaging over sixteen and eight. The, the field goal percentage over fifty five percent. I mean, it's the defense. He's always kind of had that quiet play where he never needed to be a first or second option. But like the image in my head is that that famous Undertaker meme that they have on Twitter, where he just rises up, and next thing you know, in the month of December, he's been on fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, Three straight double-doubles, back-to-back 25-10 and 10 games. It, it's, it's been amazing to see because it's just like I, I keep saying it. It's like hot potato every single night. It seems to be someone else's night, which just makes us one of the most – one of the deepest teams in the league. You well, watch, can't just worry about just one guy anymore.
1: Well, watch out, Jermaine O'Neal. I think Mike Fauci might be the new president of the Thaddeus Young fan club. Oh, I don't know. It's going to be tough. But, Thad, you're <laughs> off to a
2: good start. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, and the thing with Thad Young is it's not just necessarily that he's playing great defense on great players. It's just a little things. I mean, how many extra possessions has he created for the Pacers by fighting for offensive rebounds? Uh, The one that still sticks out to me was that Knicks game uh, on ESPN, like our first Wednesday night ESPN game, when he got that offensive rebound off Bojan's air ball and he found Oladipo in the corner for the game cl- the game winning three. I mean, that's just the kind of plays you need, and that's nothing, that's no like knock on anybody else. But I mean, Thad is just like Lou guy, and he does a little things that you need to win big games. And I would love to have Thad retire a pacer, to be honest with you. I know a lot of people are like, we need to upgrade the power four position. But honestly, I mean, if he goes somewhere else and he goes to a contender, you're going to see why that team elevates their play because he's just a perfect guy that doesn't need attention. And he just goes out there and balls every single night. So I just want to give him a little bit of praise. And uh, did you have any other comments on that before we, uh close this out with uh, some other talk?
2: Uh No, no more comments on the Thad. but just, I noticed that, you know, it was, it was evident that Tyreek Evans didn't play last game, might not play tonight against the Cavs. They're saying it's a bruised knee and the rest of them, but I think in my mind with a softer schedule coming up, I think we might want to give him an extended rest. I was taking a look into it and I did the math. Out of all players in the NBA who have at least one hundred shots this year, Tyreek Evans ranks two hundred and seventy third in the league in shooting percentage at just over thirty six percent. It's it's terrifying. What do you think that's why do you think he's been shooting so bad? I, I think he's just maybe not comfortable. I think yeah. he's just kind of being used a little bit differently. He's trying to force some, some things, and, and it's it's not working. I, I think that maybe maybe it's a little bit more than a, a knee bruise. Uh, maybe, maybe it's something that we should give him an extended rest, and hopefully, we can get him get him more healthy and, and feel more comfortable. Beast, we're gonna need him down the stretch. Right now, we're lucky that he has not been anywhere near what we thought and we're still performing. But yeah. at some point we're going to need him to be Tyreek Evans because when we signed him, everybody was ecstatic about it.
1: Well, maybe this is Tyreek Evans in Indiana. Maybe we are seeing what Tyreek Evans really is because he hasn't really been on a team that's competing for the number two seat in their conference. Um, he's not been on a defensive minded team outside of Memphis when he was there last year, but what were they doing? They were tanking. So, Long story short, I mean, maybe this is just the Tyreek Evans that we all (laughs) knew he was. We just hoped he was going to be what he was in Memphis. Um, I mean, that's just me. I don't know. He just, he looks like he fits okay, but he doesn't look like he's the permanent fit for this backup uh, six-man role, I guess you could say, or even seventh-man role. I mean, I just, I I haven't been the biggest fan of his, and we heard it on Saturday during the Woj and Lo show. We actually saw it in Windhorst article as well, uh, that a lot of executives were wondering and speculating that the Pacers might be willing to give up uh one of their point guards Corey Joseph and or Darren Collison because they really like the promise they have in um Aaron Holiday in the backcourt but you know I, I don't know if I'm touching this right now Focci. It's it's kind of a hard decision because you know these guys aren't long-term players but you don't want to you know you don't want to mess up chemistry right now right
2: Yeah, I was honestly about, if you weren't going to bring it up, I was going to bring it up because when I saw Woj come out with those comments, I started thinking, man, you don't want to see those guys walk and us not get something because they're they're very valuable, but they're also extremely valuable to this team. I mean, right now, do you want to fix what isn't broken? Mm -hmm. I I think maybe we revisit this maybe in in February or around the All-Star break because for right now, we're playing really good basketball. I mean, we saw Collison step up when Oladipo wasn't there. And our depth is something that I love. Uh, It it was obvious once um, Oladipo came back that Aaron Holiday didn't play in two games. It took Tyreek Evans being out uh, last game against the Knicks for Holiday to get some minutes. And it's going to be tough because Aaron Holiday did show some things. And until we move one of those guys, or maybe even next year uh, when when they're gone, it's going to be hard for Holiday to get minutes in this lineup.
1: Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Uh, If you've been paying attention to me at all, um, my fallback guy, I think he's better than Corey Joseph and Darren Collison, is Patrick Beverly. Uh, Just like his defense, I think him and Oladipo in the backcourt would be incredible. And I would really like to bring Corey Joseph back next year. As much as Darren Collison has been good for this team, um, I just think he's getting at that point in his career where it's time to move on from him. Uh, Not right now necessarily, but maybe in the offseason unless you can – you know, unless you feel like running it back once again on a another, you know, short term deal. But I just I'm I think that we should ride it out. And if we start to fall a little bit, come January, come February when that schedule gets a little bit tougher and there's a deal out there, maybe a team is desperate to get a backup point guard or some type of help. I mean, you know New Orleans is gonna be looking for a point guard. And if there's somebody there you really like that can be a part of our team and and they're willing to give up somebody worth an asset, you know, some assets they're worth, like whether it be each Moore or something like that for Darren Collison, you know, you just, you just got to sit there and think about it. So, um, I don't know, man, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens, but I think right now, if they make any move,
2: uh, with our core rotation guys, I think that Tyreek Evans is the first man out. I was just thinking the same thing. Uh, honestly, he's only on that one year deal. And at, I believe it was about $12 million. It's, it's a contract that could be pretty favorable to move. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that the Patriots are gonna still, you know, roll the dice and play it out with with what they got. Hopefully Tyreek Evans can get it going. But if we are gonna trade someone and he's not gonna improve, then Tyreek Evans might be the guy who's out the door as Carlson and Corey Joseph just kind of fit this team a little bit better.
1: Yep. Yeah. All right, Foxy. Well that wraps it up for this week's episode of setting the pace. Once again, please give us a rating and a review. It means so much to us to know that you guys are supporting us. Um, and let us know what you guys think of the show, things we can improve on. Once again, no Tyler Smith. The man has been coaching basketball like crazy, so I'm sure iPacer's blog is actually at the game tonight, covering it for him. Uh, and undefeated still with iPacer's blog filling in for our man Tyler Smith with Indie Sports Legends. So uh, we miss you, Tyler. Can't wait to have you back on the show. And... You know, uh, I guess I got to say this, Fachi. We might not be here next week because next Tuesday is Christmas. So, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Um, Thank you you, very much. The same to you and yours. Thank you, thank you. I mean, I hope you guys have a great time. Hope you get whatever you want. And if you guys are hearing this buzz in the background, we're getting Fachi a new mic for Christmas
2: i am so excited
1: (laughs) so hopefully the feedback's not too bad uh but um yeah so that's what you're wondering what's going on that was the noise there's just a little bit of feedback with that mic but we're going to get it fixed we're figuring out some things with our technicalities here with sound and uh i'm not the best at that but anyway pacers got to keep this winning streak going and we will talk to y'all maybe next thursday does that sound good
2: next thursday sounds good to me All
1: right, well, let's plan on that. Maybe next Thursday might work. Maybe it won't. Uh, If it doesn't, we'll figure out a day, though. So, all right, everybody. Thanks so much for checking out Setting the Pace. Follow us on Twitter at Pace 3 And you can always listen to our podcast on iTunes and at upandunder.net slash setting dash the dash pace dot html. All right, we'll talk to you later. Peace out. Merry Christmas.